He's sitting in a yellow Volkswagen van that smells of sweat and paint and something else he can't quite put his finger on. Maybe the petrol station coffee cup on the dashboard. Maybe the remnants of loose tobacco in the passenger seat. Maybe the bag of plaster and the paintbrushes on the seat behind him, which he's just bought in a hardware store on Falkunga Street. Or the tools and the wallpaper table lying in the back that he took out of the fucking storage unit she'd rented. Four years stacked next to his clothes and his bed, which had once been one half of their bed. That's what that smell is. A cellar. Storage. Time. The sun beats down onto the car window, onto a film of dried flies and dust. The kind of mysterious heat that comes out of nowhere. He rolls down the window to cool off and lets in even more heat the memory of a phone call buzzing through his head. It's me. I know. How's my boy? Everything okay? Everything good? Three hours from Stockholm. A small town surrounded by factories and a spruce forest. He's been slowly circling it since early this afternoon, on his way to a neighborhood with a consumed supermarket, a hot dog kiosk and a small gravel football pitch and to an apartment building at the centre, three floors of red brick that he's never been to before. Everything's fine. What are you up to? Not much. We're about to eat. Mama's cooking. As he left the city behind, the roads got smaller and slower, cutting through a part of Sweden he hadn't seen for a long time. He'd stopped at a petrol station on the outskirts of town, rolled a cigarette, closed the door to the phone box, and dialed a number he had memorized. She'd answered the call, fallen silent at the sound of his voice, and handed the phone to their eldest son. And your brothers, Leo, how are they? They're the same, as always. And everyone's at home? Everyone's here. He drove the last few kilometers slowly, past a church and an old school, and the main square where sunbathers soaked up rays that would soon turn to clouds and thunder. It was that kind of heat. Can you give Felix the phone? You know he doesn't want to talk to you. He was parked outside the flat, staring at the door, feeling it staring back. Well, Vincent did. He's playing. Lego? No, he's toy soldiers. Tell me what he's doing. He's reading. Papa, soldiers were a long time ago. The window at the top on the right-hand side, he thinks. That must be the flat. His eldest son has described it so many times it feels that he knows what it looks like. The kitchen directly to the left as you enter, the brown, round table with four chairs. Not five. Living room straight ahead, a door of milky glass you can't see through. To the right is her bedroom, and the other half of the bed, which she's kept. Then the children's rooms, just like when they all live together. And you? I have... What are you up to, Papa? I'm on my way home. A four-bedroom flat is its own world of sound. When Mama turns the tap on in the kitchen sink, its dull rumbling collides with the clang of the cutlery tray and the brittle rattling of the crockery cabinet. 
Together they do their best to overpower the television in the living room. The high-pitched screech of the cartoons Felix is watching from the corner of the sofa. Music coming from Leo's two giant speakers. And whatever's seeping out of the Walkman headphones that sit askew on Vincent's head. A deep voice narrating a story. Sounds that when pushed and squeezed together, intertwine and then meld. The spaghetti is ready and the meat sauce is hot. Mama lifts up the headphones and whispers, Dinner time! And Vincent runs through the hallway shouting, Food! Another lap. Food! Food! The TV is turned off. The music stops. It's almost silent as they all head towards the kitchen table. And then another sound enters, interrupts, the doorbell. Vincent is already on his way back out to the hall. I'll get it! Felix passed.